line or the little containers for the toothbrushes that's okay too so any of those kinds of things but um, February the month of February is oral care so keep that in mind bring your items in if you do not have the money to, to get anything bring a shoebox if you don't have time then bring a, uh, a some money to to donate for our shipping so the next Sunday that we are together is first Sunday meal yes absolutely now it's not Super Bowl Sunday but you're welcome to bring soup because it'll be cold a lot of times we do a little theme in February because it's it's typically on Super Bowl Sunday but not not this time but uh, if you'd like to bring soup that's fine but next week make plans to be here for our first Sunday meal if you already are changing your plans don't don't do that you've got to make them to be here we want to see you and uh in the say the 27th dr tatum will be with us to yes yeah, so and make sure that you are here uh, jeff was asking me exactly what what it was and i said i'm not 100 percent sure so we will we'll all learn together um <clears throat> as far as i know it's it's a lot of a testimony you know if you um just talking about how good the lord has been over the past year that the different things that we have worked on to support us yeah to support each other what the church has meant to you and and ways that uh, that w the things that we'd like to see happen in our church in the coming year so please do come be a part of that because we want to we want to hear your voice we want to know <clears throat> what you have to say so any other announcements we will let you know um the <laughs> there's a, a little there's a kid and, and I won't, I won't belabor this part, but there's a kid at, uh, at school. I get his sister out of the car, and he's about three years old. And the other day, he, he asked me what my name was, and I said, Miss Williams. And he said, um, he said, I'm Ashton. And his mom looked back at him and said, that's not your name. And he said, that's my fake name. <clears throat> so then uh, a couple days later, I, when I was opening the door again, and I said, um, I said, well, hi, Ashton. And he looked at me and said, why did you call me that? I said, because you told me that's what your name was. And then this morning, <coughs> this morning, Shane always goes to get the, uh, the bread from Harris Teeter. And there's a guy there. There's a, a <laughs> there is a, uh, a manager at Harris Teeter who, for whatever reason, thinks that Shane's name is Will. And every single time he sees Shane, he says, Hi, Will. How's it going? And that guy uh, rang Shane up at the, at the Starbucks this morning. And he said, Hi, Will. You having a good morning? And Shane said, Yeah, man. How about you? And the thing is, I wonder how often we answer to a name that is not ours. How often we allow people to call us things that that don't have anything to do with us things that used to be things that were past things that are no longer and, and we answer to those things that we answer to the shame we answer to the sin we answer to those names that the enemy would call us but it's not who God says we are the only person who knows who we are the only way we can get our identity is through Christ so I encourage you this morning only answer to the names that he calls you let's see this morning and go to the Lord in prayer ask him to have his will in the service heavenly father we thank you for this day God you are so 
good. God, you are great and mighty and powerful and strong. God, you are high and, and above everything that we can think. God, you are so great and wonderful, but you are kind to us, and you come down and you walk with us day by day. Your mercies are new. Lord, there is never a time that we are alone because you are always with us. I thank you and I praise you that you created us to be who we are. Father, that you are the one who can call us by name and that we can, we can hear your voice and respond to you. Father, I pray that that would happen today. If there is anyone here who does not know you as their Savior. Lord, I just ask that you would call them by name today. Lord, that you would just put away all the shame that they've been carrying and tell them that they can be new in you. God, I just ask your will be done in each life. Those who have come in hurting with burdens and cares, those who have come in physically, mentally, emotionally hurt, God, I pray that you would lift them up and give them strength and encouragement today. Father, I pray that everything that we do, from the very first prayer to the very last prayer, would lift you up and bless your holy name. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for this chance to come before you. We lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You are so good. Thank you, Lord. My God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Sing that again. My God is more. My God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. All the earth is His. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof, everything. You can be sure of Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. All of the earth is His. All of the earth is His and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, oh, He is my God. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. So why should I worry about the highs and the When by my faith I know my God is more than enough He can supply all my needs He is my El Shaddai He always looks out for me Jehovah Jireh He is my God Oh 
Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Sing, all the earth is His. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. So why should I worry about the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, when by my supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. All of the earth is His and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God, and my God is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough, more than enough, yes, He is more than enough, oh, He is more than enough.
the mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me.
this morning for his amazing grace. We thank you, God. Glory, glory, glory. Praise God. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything that hath breath. Hallelujah. That's human beings. That's animals, that's trees, that's brooks. Oh, they don't have any. Oh, well, yeah. You read in you 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 read in Psalms and see if there's not a chapter that talks about all the elements praising the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And then he said, "Make a joyful noise unto the Lord." David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. He invites everyone in verse 3 for all of us to magnify the Lord. Let us worship Him together. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Praise God, it's praise time. Praise time, praise time, praise time. Glory. Don't you praise God for His glory and His blessing? He's good, isn't He? He's a great God. He is this God that we sang about. He's God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'll try to calm it down a little bit, but I'm feeling good 
in my sanctified soul. And I know that you are. Hallelujah. Those of you that are watching at home, remember to be here next Sunday for our first Sunday meal. Hallelujah. And if you're living in Louisville, Kentucky, watching today, you'll need to come Saturday night and be ready for Sunday meal. Praise God. I just bless the Lord. He's good to me. In fact, sometimes I think God is better to me than anyone else. Praise God. What God has given me over my lifetime, beautiful family. Praise God, kids, wife that love God, serve Him. Got an in-law in two that's pretty good. God's good to us, isn't He? He's wonderful. Hallelujah. I praise Him uh, that all is well, all is well with my soul. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And there may be one person in here today that you've got a praise report in your heart and testimony. You'd like to brag on Jesus. Amen. the Lord. He is good, isn't he? He is good. Amen. Praise God. Um, Sister Ron, is that uh, Tommy? Wow. I'll tell you, Tommy, God loves you. I'll tell you, and we do too. Yes, man, that's right. We, we, <laughs> praise God. Yes, sweetheart. I'll tell you, isn't God good? Is there another you want to brag on something? Amen. God's, oh, yes. Yes. Sister Jonah saying, God speaks rock. Yes. 
everything. You know, that's I like it. I like it a lot. Somebody was going to brag on the Lord. Yes. Yes. God's been good, hasn't he? Praise God. And I'll tell you, when my brother had his accident, uh, in their testing, found out that he had a tear in his lung, a hole in his lung. Never knew it. So, in all things give thanks. Well, I had an accident. Preacher, you're not saying in all things give Yeah, because look, it was revealed that he had a tear and a hole in his lung that now that they can try to do something about. And I'll tell you, somebody jump over the church with this preacher. Hallelujah! 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 We mentioned last week that if you'd like to become a member of the Church of God, Cornelius, that we will be receiving uh, membership on the uh, third uh, Sunday of February, which is the beginning of 20 eight years here at the church and um, if you'd like to join about about our uh, time when we're having fellowship we do have a statement of of um, our declaration and our doctrine that I'll give to you if you just let me know in fact if you'd let let my wife know or, or me or someone know that you'd like to join the church we wouldn't mind spending some time talking to you explain anything that you might have a question about and uh, we just love you now I want to tell you we can join the church of God Cornelius we could join the Methodist church in Cornelius and every Baptist church in Cornelius and that's good that's good a sense of belonging but unless we're a member of God's church, we won't make it. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. But we do like for you to be a part of, of the church in membership role if you'd like to. And uh, we have a booklet. We'd ask you to take that booklet home with you, share it with some others or whatever. Um, uh, maybe not leave it in the pew or on the floor. I know none of us leave stuff laying on the floor, chewing gum wrappers or anything. You remember when we used to stick our gum underneath the pew? You don't have to raise your hand, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. But really, I appreciate you to make the sanctuary uh a little bit pure and holy. That's that's the way God wants it to be. Uh, that's why over the years, uh, especially first Sunday meal, 
haven't said it in a while, but we don't want you to come over to the church at any point with, with food or drink. Um, this has been sanctified and set apart. Eat all you want to, drink all you want to. Some people have to have water. You know, for, I, I understand that. I understand that. And, and we praise God. Now, we can't get into all my whims and stuff because all of you know that if you chew gum, you're not going to make it to glory. Amen? No, I've got a few whims that, that are just mine. They belong to me. You cannot have them. I'll share them with you if you like, but you cannot have my whims and thoughts and ideas. But we, we do have a statement of faith, 14 points of those statements of faith. And the very first, let me give you the first one anyway. We believe in the verbal inspiration of the Bible. What does that mean, preacher? That means that the Word of God is breathed from Him. It comes from Him. The Scriptures came not in old time by the will of man, but as holy men of God were moved on by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's amazing how God said, write this down. And nobody knew much about what it was about till 1942 or 1999. Boy, look at that. Isn't that amazing that God can write it as though it's happening right now. The second one we sang about. We sang about that second one. We believe in one God, eternally existing in three persons, namely the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of the Father, conceived of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, that he was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead, and is today at the right hand of the Father as the intercessor. We believe that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that repentance is commanded of God for all and necessary for forgiveness of sin. We believe in justification, regeneration, and the new birth wrought by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, no, I'm not, Jennifer. I'll stop. Get, get on a roll. I, 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 let, let me jump ahead to number seven. That's an easy one to remember. We believe in holiness to be God's standard of living for his people. And the reason that I would mention that and emphasize standard, a lot of times we live by comparisons. And as Sister Joyner says that she has a favorite scripture that says when we compare ourselves to ourselves, we are not wise. So there's a standard. God sets the standard. God sets the standard. As long as I can live up to his standard, everything is well. Praise God. Hallelujah. And no, Brother Mike, I won't be perfect until I get to glory. 
but I'm striving for it. I'm working on it. Amen and amen and amen. We want to help you if you'd like to join the church. Thank you for indulging me. And you know what? This whole service has been about worship, worship, worship. Hallelujah. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Amen. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. Speaking of forgetting names, <laughs> two Wednesday nights ago we had a fellow from the Gideons that was here. <laughs> I called him Wayne three times. I wondered why he never spoke up. <laughs> but I was calling him the wrong name. <laughs> So hopefully he'll come back and I'll get his name right the next time that he comes. We are glad to have you. Appreciate all your gifts and what you do for the Lord. I'm always thankful. Uh, I put tithe envelopes and I'm saying, man, these folks do give and I thank God for it. So it's time to receive our tithe and offering if ours will come at this time. And if Brother Jordan won't pray for five minutes, we'll let him go ahead and pray. Praise God. Amen. Father, we're grateful for this time that we have to be in your house. We thank you, Father, for your goodness in our lives. Lord, you've blessed us. And daily load us with benefits. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this time to worship in our giving. And we ask you to accept our Lord gifts today. May your blessings be upon it all, the individual, the offering. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Speaking about that, that guy calling me Will, I, 
I can't say anything to him now because it's been so long. He's called me Will so many times and I've answered. So if I, it'd be weird to say my name's not Will. He'd be like, why didn't you tell me? But I'm just taking it, it's short for Williams. So that's what I'm doing. So I think he knows what he's talking about. All right, it's now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Gretchen. Andrew? Yes, the kid from school. And pray for Pop Pop. Brother Mike. Definitely pray your family, daughter and daughter in law. Yes. Sister Hager. Pray for Sister Hager's lost family. Oh, yes, amen. Sister Judy. Yes. <laughs> and pray for her daughter and grandchildren's church. Yes, ma'am. Brother Vic. Definitely want to pray for Brother Vic's family. Yes, sir. Sister Rhonda. Pray for Rhonda's mother traveling back to Tennessee and Tommy. And good to see you, man. Sister Shuggy. And the first one was Danny and Beverly. Definitely want to pray for them. This is back in Duke, you said? Okay. And Jackson, let's pray that he gets to feeling better. Sister Robin. Want to pray for Robin's husband, Steve. Yes. If that's it, uh, raise hands for, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We want to pray that Jason's results come back good and, and everything goes good at work. First day back can be tough sometimes. We pray for him. All right. Any unspoken requests, raise hands and stand with me as we take these to the Lord.
was something else I was bless my heart I was trying to go over my my announcements in my mind the 16th which is the third Wednesday of the month the 16th our whoever would like to we are not going to discriminate based on gender so whoever would like to go over to the fellowship hall to make blankets with us you are welcome okay if you are you know if we can make a pot of coffee or if you'd like to bring your own we get to we get to have beverages in our class I'm just saying and snacks sometimes too <laughs> so if any of y'all want to come over just for snacks and beverages yes sir oh oh there's the, the challenge is is reversed now okay so making making blankets again you you can bring uh sewing you can bring crocheting knitting i i got my needles and i have my my yarn i've already i've already made four rows i'm so excited i was yeah, shane took a nap on the couch while i was making my my stitches yeah he's working on it so anyway yes so uh i do have two extra sets of needles if anyone wants to borrow but yeah come on we're gonna have some ladies we're gonna have some fellowship regardless of who's there we're gonna fellowship together yes and um and then whoever wants to be in, in brother mike's class can come and learn and absorb the word there too so however you want to but the third wednesday of the month we're gonna set aside for <coughs> for our making our blankets so anyway uh through our through our recent messages if you have not lit i'm when I tell you it's on my heart, I'm, I mean that. Lots of things, you know, you and and Dad knows anyone who who has preached or taught. You understand there are some things, you know, you, you get excited about preaching any time if you love to do it. It's like, oh, yeah, this is great. I hope everybody receives, understands this is good stuff. And, and even if you just bless yourself, you know, it's it's good. But there are things that get on your heart. And it's like the Lord is the Lord is in the room with you <laughs> at every turn when you're when you're praying about it, when you're reading and studying. And this idea of of good, healthy marriages, I just I, I believe that the Lord wants that to be a goal for us. I really believe that. Because, again, he wants us to be close to him. He wants us to draw close together in relationship with him, but also that our outward relationships are good, too. I really believe that. So if you have not been able to listen to last week's or the week before, please do because it's good. I, again, not because I was doing it. If anyone else was delivering it, it would have still been good. It's good information. Um, but I hope that we have learned some strategies to be able to use our words in times of disagreement number one to pick your time because it may be necessary to shelve the issue not ignore the issue not sweep it under the rug forever but to wait to wait on it the second thing to attack the problem and not the person because we got to remember that we're in this together if it's not and and this was a great i was so proud uh, just a couple of days ago there was an example of this because uh, Shane had his tailgate down. He can't park in 
in the garage because his truck's too big. But he had his tailgate down, and there were some things on the back of the truck that he was planning to bring inside. And I I had pulled in to the garage because my car fit. And uh, pulled in, and I, I had gotten out of the car, and I'd hit the, the door to go down. <laughs> yes. I'd hit the door to go down, and there may have been times, I don't know, a long, long time ago that he... He might have gotten upset with me. I hit that, and he said, whoa, 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 going to put it back up, put it back up. So I ran out there, and he hit the thing, and he said, good job with the quickness. Because, again, it was not it was not him being angry with me for closing the door or me being angry with him for keeping his tailgate down. It's, okay, there's an issue. We need to fix this issue real quick. And we were able, and, and that was... It was good. It was an example of that happening, and I hope that you see some examples of that kind of thing in your own relationships. Or, you know, if you're, if you are married, have ever been married, you know people who are married. You know, encourage them in these ways. So, we know the third thing is to find the root that each of us has baggage. We drag around things with us that sometimes we need to let go and we need the Lord's help to and healing for those things but but there are things that we have brought with us hurts and pains from from past relationships from past experiences and we can either make the roots grow deeper or dig up the roots based on our words and how we respond to the people so for the past few weeks we've learned from a bad example And today we're going to take a look at, well, perhaps the first person who learned from the bad example that we've been looking at. Even though David was a man after God's own heart, he had some pretty dysfunctional relationships when you take a look back at it. But Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, could it be that he gained some of the wisdom that he had by observing his own father and the way that he had done his relationships and thought, hey, maybe we should do it differently. Today we're going to take a look at Solomon's words as well as Paul as a model for healthy marriage. So see something, say something. Because again, we're talking about using our words. So we're talking how to use our words correctly. See it, say it, no matter how silly so in Song of Solomon, we're going to start in chapter 5. And I remember, and maybe Kim, you do too, <clears throat> sitting right over there on the first one or two rows. And <clears throat> while, while we were uh, absorbing the message, of course, we were also flipping through to find weird and random passages to make each other laugh. And Song of Solomon was usually a pretty good place to start. <clears throat> you know with the hair like goats and all that stuff and it was you know it's just it was funny so this book though sorry I used confession um it's good for the soul this book was only read by men who were 30 or older due to its adult nature yes if you read through the song of Solomon it it can get kind of racy but it mm, Yes, the inscription of this book reads the Song of Songs, which are Solomon's. So it is assumed that 
assumed by some that Solomon is the author, uh, but some scholars will argue that uh, someone else wrote the book using Solomon's name to gain notoriety. We don't know for, for 100, but we do understand that it is ascribed to him. And it was, it's interesting because the name Solomon means peace, and all throughout this book, we see this idea of peaceful relationships. But regardless of the authorship, this book was included in the canon of the Old Testament for a reason. It's a love story between a king and the Shulamite. Shulamite meaning the perfect, the peaceful one. Always with the article the in front of it, anytime that you see it, it's the Shulamite, which means that it was a pet name. Now that was not her real name, but that was something that he called her. That was her title, the, the peaceful one, the perfect one. It's an example to us of the physical and emotional connection that is a gift from our Creator to those who are married. And we see the relationship progress from the, from the beginning of the book and their, their engagement and their excitement about being married. And we see the, uh, the wedding ceremony that occurs. And then we see their honeymoon and, and them developing in their relationship. So we see this all throughout the, from the beginning to the end of the book of Song of Solomon. So we're going to take a look. We're going to listen in on what they say. We're in chapter 5. We're going to start with verse 9 of chapter 5. What is thy beloved more than another beloved? O thou fairest among women. What is thy beloved more than another beloved that thou dost charge us so? Now she had just said to the young women of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, tell him I am I'm sick with love. I'm desperate with love for him. And they say to her, what is your beloved more than any other beloved that you would say this and charge us so? And she says, my beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among 10,000. His head is the most fine gold. His locks are bushy and black as a raven. His eyes are as the eyes of doves by the rivers of waters, washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are as a bed of spices, as sweet flowers, his lips like lilies, dripping sweet-smelling myrrh. His hands are as gold rings set with beryl. His belly is as bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. So they, she has just had, in the, in the beginning of the chapter, yeah, y'all, that's what you got to be saying. Um, <laughs> in the beginning of the chapter, she's kind of had a, a nightmare. She's had a run-in with, with the authorities. She's been out in the middle of the night searching around, or she's, this could be literal, or it could be that she had had a nightmare about this happening. But she was wanting to see the king. She's wanting to see her love and is not able to find him. So she tells the daughters of Jerusalem, she tells her friends, please tell him that I'm looking for him. And when you find him, tell him I'm just desperately in love with him. Right. 
And the friends ask, what is so great about your beloved? Get ready, ladies. You should not have asked if you did not want to know how great he is. So he, she says about him, he is white and ruddy. Now this is interesting because those are two different colors. White, of course, we know white. Ruddy meaning red. But in the Hebrew, white means dazzling. He's just dazzling. And ruddy, this comes from the word for earth, Adam, 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 man. So she's saying he is dazzling and manly. That's right. <laughs> That's him. He is chiefest. This word means to flaunt or be conspicuous confident he is conspicuous even among 10,000 she describes how handsome he is his face his hair his eyes his lips also he has a fine stature his hands his abs his legs looking at him is like looking at the cedars of Lebanon he is tall and strong again manly but also, in the Hebrew, the word hands means strength and power. The belly means the sympathy or the heart. The legs come from the word for run or overflow. She says he is sweet and lovely. His words are kind and sweet. And he is delightful. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, because he should be both. So we'll take a look at how he responds. So there's a couple more times of, of the responding with the friends, but let's take a look. In chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, this is what he says about her. Thou art beautiful, O my love, as Tirza. Comely as Jerusalem, terrible as an army with banners. Turn away thine eyes from me, for they have overcome me. Thy hair is as a flock of goats that appear from Gilead. Thanks, boo. Thy teeth are as a flock of sheep which go up from the washing, whereof every one beareth twins, and there is not one barren among them. <laughs> Dad would say that he knows you're not from... West Virginia. I'm sorry, y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all, West Virginia people. Love y'all. Everyone had a twin. There wasn't one bearing among them. The teeth. <laughs> Bless it. Okay. Sorry. There. She had all her teeth, y'all. She had all her teeth. He was glad about that. <laughs> that was, I'm just speaking what Dad would say. I'm sorry. That was all. No offense to anyone watching in West Virginia. Anyway. <laughs> Yes, amen. As a piece of pomegranate are thy temples within thy locks. There are threescore queens and fourscore concubines and virgins without number. My dove, my undefiled is but one. She is the only one of her mother. She is the choice one of her that bare her. The daughters saw her and blessed her. Yea, the queens and the concubines. And they praised her. So the man responds... She is beautiful and comely. 
We understand beautiful, of course, but comely is an interesting word in the Hebrew. It comes from the root to be at home. She is then compared to two different royal cities. At one time, Tirzah was the capital city, and then it, later on, Jerusalem was made the capital. So she is, she is as stately as a, a capital city. She's impressive and beautiful. The, the name Tirzah means delightsome, and the name Jerusalem means peaceful. Certainly implying that she was regal. And then he says she's terrible as an army with banners. She had a level of fierceness to her. A level of fire. You don't mess with this woman. Her eyes are so captivating that he asks her to look away. He continues to praise her appearance, her hair, her teeth. Again, all there. Good job, girl. And rosy cheeks. He says there are 60 queens and 80 concubines and countless maidens, but my dove, my undefiled, this word means perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. She is the only one, the one who is the choice of her mother, the one who is his choice day after day. So this is an accurate picture of what we need. This was written thousands and thousands of years before the Lord spoke to Paul to speak to the Ephesians. But we're going to take a look in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Paul speaks to the church about God's formula for a grand marriage. He speaks about the wife's responsibility to submit to the husband. And the husband's responsibility to lead and love like Christ. Because both of these things are a picture of Christ in the church. And so often we don't, we, we hear this idea, oh, the woman should submit. And this is a whole nother subject and maybe we'll, we'll preach about submission sometimes. Y'all who, who know me really well know I love it so much. We could go a long time about submission. But it doesn't mean that the, the woman has no voice and that the man is domineering over her and tells her what to do and how to act and how to dress all the time and all this mess that sometimes gets this idea. But it, it's an idea of partnership in which the man has the final say as he hears from the Lord. And that's a way of protection. Again, we're not going to get into it too much because I, I could preach a long time about that. But... We are told that this is a picture of Christ in the church. That the way the woman responds to the husband should reflect the way she responds to Christ. And the way that the husband encourages and loves and protects the wife is the way that Christ has sacrificed himself for us. This is the picture that is shown to us. For our purposes today, we're only going to read verses 31 through 33 of chapter 5. But there are a lot of verses before that that do talk about the, the submission and the role of husband and wife. And it says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. 
This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So here we're told that the husband must leave his father and mother and be joined. Literally, this word in the Greek means to be glued to. Be glued to his wife. Not only, again, this is a picture of God's plan of marriage from the beginning between husband and wife, but it is also a sign to us. This is a sign to us that we don't have to follow the pattern that we've seen in the past. He says, For this reason shall a man leave his father and mother, not only their home, but also... If you've seen your entire life a cycle that was unhealthy, it's time to leave that behind. Leave behind the drama that you've seen. Don't bring it into this new marriage with you. I think so often we get caught up in, well, that's how I've always seen it done. That's how my parents did it, so that must be the right way. But as long as we're living biblically, As long as we're living biblically, it doesn't have to be the way that we have seen it previously. Because a lot of people have trauma. They they grew up with arguing all the time. Or they grew up with one, one spouse ignoring the other one most of the time. Or ignoring the kids. They grew up that if the person did not do exactly, you don't have the, the dinner on the table exactly this right time, then I'm going to yell and fuss and get mad or not talk to you for a couple of days. Maybe you, your dad was the one who handled all the finances and you say, well, that's how it should be. Well, if you're not really good at finances, don't do that. Or maybe it was your mom who all, did all the cooking but your wife doesn't know how to cook, bless her heart. And, and so you get angry and upset that your wife doesn't know how to cook. How about we, you know, find a way to compromise? I tell people all the time, if Shane didn't cook, we might not eat a whole lot. <laughs> I know how to cook. My mom told me how to cook. I know how to cook, but I, you know, just <laughs> honestly, that's not really what I'm thinking about when I get home. <laughs> I go upstairs and I start studying, and Shane, Shane cooks. So that's the way that it works for us, and there's nothing wrong with that. Because, again, if you need to leave your mother and father behind, you need to leave behind the, the ways that they did it, that's okay. That's biblical. So the idea is husband and wife as one. One unit together. Showing love and respect for one another. So here it says, let everyone according to to their individual capacity show love. So the, the husband is to love the wife in this word, love, agapeo. Love his wife as if she were his own self. Not the idea of love as much as I love myself, but love as though you were myself. 
I love you as if you were my own flesh and, and bone. I'm going to look after you like I would my own body. And the wife is to reverence, and this word is be in awe of her husband. If they work, fingers crossed, we're going to see some slides. <laughs> Again, if they work, fingers crossed. So uh, Emerson Egricks uh, wrote this book, Love and Respect, if you have never seen it, heard of it before. I just wanted to give him credit because he's the one who, who comes up with these ideas. Yes, there we go. So, Emerson Egricks. And the first one says, the crazy cycle. Has anyone ever seen this before? Some of you maybe. No? Okay. So, this is called the crazy cycle. Because biblically, the wife is to respect the husband, and the husband is to love the wife. And we think, oh, well, shouldn't they both do each thing? But the way that it speaks to a man and a woman, because men and women are different. Okay? <laughs> We're different, and we respond in different ways. So what we need is what God says, and it's amazing how that works out, how God knows us. So the crazy cycle within marriage is that without respect, he will react, the husband will react without love, and that without love, without feeling love, the woman, the wife will re react without respect. And it continues this cycle. So... I'm reacting with no respect for my husband, so my husband's not going to react with love to me. And it just keeps going around and around and around, and it's never going to end until the cycle breaks. The next one is called the energizing cycle. And so we can get to this point, and it's, it's good. It's a good thing to, to renew and restore within the marriage. So her respect will motivate his love. And his love will motivate her respect. And so this idea is, okay, I'm going to break the cycle so that the other person will change. Which is okay to a certain extent because then you're following, you're following what the Bible says but not with the same intention. So we're following, yes, I will show you respect in order that you will show me love. Or I will show you love in order that you will show me respect. But then the next one. This is the rewarded cycle. This is a picture of grand. Which is her respect regardless of his love. Because that's what Christ does for us. And his love regardless of her respect. Because that's what Christ does. That w even though we don't deserve it, because sometimes we, when the Bible says you are to reverence or be in awe of your spouse, I don't know if y'all ever, y'all ladies ever feel like this. What has he done for me to be in awe of? Stay down there for a while. Um, but you think, what has he done for me to be in awe of? But the, the thing is, the truth is, that we don't deserve what Christ gives to us. We don't deserve his love day by day. We don't deserve that his mercies are new every morning. We don't deserve that. So for us to... To give love regardless of how that person... We're, we're giving it because we love God. And then regardless of her respect, I'm going to love her. Regardless of his love, I'm going to respect him. When we do this, it's rewarding. So, and you can... 
Uh, you, again, you can look this up. Emerson Egrets. He's, he's uh, talks about marriage and family. So taking a look back to Song of Solomon, and if you're there, you can flip back. At, that's just I'm going to flip back there just so that I can reference it. But we notice some principles in action here because our words have weight. We may never know how much until we see the fruit of what we have verbalized, either positive or negative. Please understand that sweet talk is not a cure-all. If you have issues, you need to deal with the issues. Talk about them. Deal with them through communication, through counseling if necessary. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing. The, the Bible talks about a, a multitude of counselors being a good and positive thing. So, you know, no shame in that. So if you've got, if you've got issues, talking sweet will not help. <laughs> but we also have to understand that we have the power of life and death within our tongue. So how we speak them and even how often will determine how that relationship goes. I will also preface by saying we do not always do it right. Is that correct? We do not always do it right, but we try. <laughs> Amen. So consider the king and the Shulamite. For one thing, who are you talking to? I'm an advocate for friendships, absolutely. For confidants, yes. And we each need someone to whom we can turn and who can talk us down. <laughs> so I'm not saying don't talk to anyone else about your spouse. But, but who are you talking to? Be mindful of the person that you choose. The Shulamite chose female friends who built her up. When she began speaking to them, they, they started saying to her, Oh, thou fairest among women. Okay, they, didn't, they didn't tear her down and they didn't try to compare her and they, didn't, you know, they, they weren't being judgy or difficult. So... Be careful who you choose as your friend. Are they building you up? Are they going to build your marriage up? Are they going to encourage the relationship? Outside of family, do not talk to the opposite sex about negative feelings that you have about your spouse. That's, uh, <laughs> that brooks no, no uh, discussion. Don't, don't do it. Because that can lead to trouble. You start talking to your man, you start talking to another woman, my wife is just so blah, 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 whatever. She walks around in her curlers all day and she won't cook my dinner. Then that opens up that opportunity. Oh, well, my hair's naturally curly and I love to cook. Okay, so be careful. Okay, don't, uh, outside of family, because you should be able to talk to your family about anything. Outside of family, you don't need to talk to the opposite sex about your spouse in negative ways. And then ask yourself, what are, your, what are you saying? Do the things that you say about your spouse to others build them up or tear them down? And again, I'm not, I'm not saying that there, there are definitely times that you need to be able to say, this person hurt me in this way. Can you help me to work through some of my thoughts and feelings? That's a way of shelving the issue. 
okay? Because if I blow up about everything that I'm feeling all at one time without having any kind of filter, that's going to be a problem. So it's okay if you need to to talk to someone else about it, kind of a sounding board. But after you're finished, will your friends wonder why you're even with that person? Also, just joking can lead to hurt and misunderstanding. Because why do we need to get a laugh at another person's expense? So be careful of that as well. So taking a look, respect. That's what we're told to do, respect. Because the ego is under attack. And when I say ego, automatically it, it brings to mind this idea of a, a big macho man who is, who is cocky and arrogant. But ego is our self-esteem and our, our sense of worth. And notice what she says about him. She says, you are dazzling and manly. You stand out even among uh, 10,000. You're noticeable in a crowd. She says, you are handsome and strong. You have good character. I'm telling you, this was when I was studying, it was this way too. Because I'm telling you, I, b- I believe that God wants us to get to the place that we're speaking words to one another that will build each other up in a most holy faith. That we will each receive what we need from the Lord through this, through this relationship that He has created. She says, you have good character. So she says, you are powerful the hand she talks about his hands you are powerful you are a mighty man of God you have a big heart not just your nice abs (laughs) but you have a big heart you're sympathetic to others you're a good man you're a hard worker you got strong legs you keep going. You're running. Thank you p- for providing for us. My beloved, because I love you. My friend, because I like you. And here's the thing. <laughs> Ladies, wives, women, when we begin saying these things to and about our husbands, not only does that affect him, but it affects us. Because we begin to notice those things more and more. You know what? He is working harder. He is kind. And he is this and this and this. I encourage you to declare prophetically over your husband or over your sons if you're if you're not married or over your brothers or whomever 
declare over the men in your life, you are a good man. You're strong. I ask you to say these things about him to those that you speak to. Because I have, I have friends at work that when they begin talking about their husbands, it's, it's a lot of discouraging things. And not just, you know, we have a difficult time with such and such a thing, but really negative things. And I think, golly, I wish, thank goodness, that she could see something good. Because the enemy begins to attack your husband in his mind. And a lot of times men will not say, I'm under attack. It just stays here. And that ego, that self-worth, that self-esteem just keeps dropping. And oftentimes that's when that (laughs) macho arrogant comes out because you're trying to overcompensate because you don't feel confident in your heart and in your mind. But maybe I can just fake it. (laughs) But we have the responsibility to deposit truth. We have been given as a helpmeet, not just for paying bills, but for speaking truth into the heart of the person that God has given to us. And love. Because I constantly question my worth. And men may not know that. If you don't know that, I'm telling you now. A woman, no matter how beautiful and how confident and how talented... The enemy will will show pictures of others who are equally or more beautiful or talented or smart or whatever it is. And we may not all have the same um, th- the same questions, the same issues of worth in in the same categories. I may be completely confident in one category. No worries. I got this. But in something else, that's where I struggle. But each of us have those issues. So notice what he said to her. You are beautiful. You are my home.
encouragement to speak to our hearts. God, to reach down to us. God, you know. God, you know what we need. You know, God. You know. I pray for healing from the inside out, God. Healing. He says to her, you are fierce. (laughs) Terrible as an army with banners, you are fierce. (laughs) He says, just to look at you overcomes me. This word, overcomes, means to be proud and to be sure. (laughs) Because you're mine, I'm proud. He says, you're, you're flawless. I mean, even the things that you consider imperfections are beautiful to me. He says, out of every woman I've ever known, out of every woman I could have chosen, you're the only one that I want, God. So men, make it your mission to speak these words to and about your wife. Declare these things over her. Wash her with the word, because that's what the Bible tells us that Christ does. He washes with the word. When she rolls her eyes or seems to ignore you, keep saying it. Because what happens is our insecurities come up. If you, no matter if it's if good or bad, when when our insecurities are pointed out, we immediately want to retreat. We don't want to. We don't want any attention brought to it. Our insecurities come back to mind, causing us to doubt the good things that you're saying. But you are a mirror, reflecting back what God says about her. So see something, say something. If you see something good, if you felt something good during the day, you may be out of practice with it, it may feel silly, but your spouse needs you. You can break out of the cycle even for your own self. Because even when the cycle continues, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. You can you can only control yourself. So even if that person never breaks out of the cycle, I can at least do it for myself. I can at least know that I'm doing what God wants me to do. Marriage, again, is that picture of unity between Christ and the church. So ladies, 
we need to praise and honor and respect just as we would Christ. Because our husbands need that. They need it. This is, again, this is not just a matter of inflating an ego. But when I see, when I recognize, this is not only my my husband, but my brother in Christ. This is my fellow worker with the Lord. This is my partner. As we get closer to the Lord, as I see that, I want to encourage him. I want to show him the love of God. I want to express him who he is in Christ. And men, you cover, you protect, and you love as Christ loves us. That's your role. That's your responsibility. Because, again, you you don't know what it, I know what it's like to be a woman. And it is a constant barrage of ways that we don't measure up one way or the other whether it's from our own mind and we say oh, I wish I could be more like such and such or we're seeing it on TV or whatever it may be it's a constant constant whether we believe it or not and again some are, are more confident than others in one area or another but we're hearing it and we're seeing it and we're feeling it so you need to wrap your arms of protection around cover us with the word Show us what God says about us. Again, I I believe, I really, really, truly believe that this is a place that God wants to work with us and bring healing and restoration. As the music plays, um, each of us, whether it's our own marriage or marriage that we know of, each of us knows someone who could benefit greatly from the help of the Lord. Just like I say, we're not perfect. We're headed toward 10 years. We're not We're not perfect. So we need the help of the Lord. But today I encourage you, as we pray, as we pray, get in your heart and in your mind. Get a burden for someone, even if it's for yourself. Get a burden for someone that you can pray for. Heavenly Father, Father, we thank you because from the beginning you created marriage. From the very beginning of time, when my second only to you that's the relationship that you created that's the first relationship between humans that you put a value on and God I thank you and I praise you that your word gives us so many instructions of how to do it right I thank you that you did not leave us without a word you did not leave us to wander alone. You did not leave us questioning, but you show us through your word how to do it right. Father, we we ask now for, for forgiveness for any time we haven't done it right. We ask you to forgive us and to give us a determination to do it correctly from now on. 
Father, I ask now for healing. God, we'll start at that place. We ask for healing. For the times that that we have wounded intentionally or unintentionally, the times that our words were not kind, or the times that we did not encourage and we may have thought it, it may have come to our mind and we just forgot to say it or felt silly saying it, but God we ask you to bring healing in each heart today those who have been wounded by the cycles that we get stuck in Father forgive us for those times that we have reacted against the person instead of reacting against the enemy who wants us to disobey you. Father, I just pray that you would work in us now that no matter what kind of reaction we get, we do what's right for you. Father, that, that wives would begin to show respect regardless. Father, that the husbands would begin to show love regardless. Father, I pray your healing in each marriage that's represented here today. Father, for those who have been married for decades or for those who haven't been married very long, Father, I pray healing and restoration. Father, the, t the things that look impossible, you can do. The things that seem impossible the hurts that seem impossible to heal. We know that you are able. Father, we ask now that you would speak to our hearts. God, those of us who are wives, that you would speak to our hearts. That we would begin to show that honor and that respect and find ways that would be encouraging that we could say things or text or email whatever it may be that somehow throughout the day that we'd find one thing to say and another thing to say and another thing God to pray over and to pray for our spouse God I pray for the husbands that are here Father that they would begin to to know how to love their wives more and more. That they would know how to verbalize the things that they're thinking and feeling and be able to say them as an encouragement. Father, I pray that we would each find our identity in you. Father, that if the person if the person does not meet all those needs that we would understand that it's not their job to but we find our identity we find our completeness in you and that once we do that we're able to help and encourage one another God we need you today we need you desperately and I pray again for each and every marriage represented here each and every marriage that's represented online right now 
that you would mend and heal and give strength and encouragement. And God, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. What would I we thank you for all that you do and all that you are. And we believe you that you're bringing us somewhere. God, we believe that you're bringing us somewhere. We, we ask you to lead us, to take us by the hand and lead us to the place that you want us to go. We trust that you're, that you're working. We thank you, God. And today we say over your people, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. And may he give you his peace in Jesus' precious name.